I'm Tony Lockwood, founder of Thompson Wright Partners, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of Inside Track, where I discuss business transformation journeys with leading figures in industry. Welcome to the 36th episode of the Inside Track podcast. Since launching this podcast back in February 2020, I have been amazed by the generosity and openness of my guests, who have willingly shared their experiences, both good and bad, all with the intention of helping and supporting others. As we moved into autumn last year, I launched the Transformation Leaders Hub, a true community of people operating in project, program, change and transformation. Again, the focus is on helping and supporting others to build successful careers. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do so and take us up on our trial membership and experience what TLH can offer you firsthand. One person that took me up on this offer joins me today, Jonathan Robotham. He is an experienced uh, programming transformation director operating primarily in the financial services sector. Being highly regulated and under increased scrutiny in recent years, I find that talking to people from within the industry often throws up some interesting insights that can be applied to others. I'm sure that you'll find this today. So without further delay, let me introduce you to Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. It's great to uh, welcome you to the Inside Track uh, podcast today. Uh, Thanks for agreeing to join us. Um, You've got uh, significant change and transformation experience, and I'm sure today's show will will be very insightful for many. Um, But let's start, as we always do, uh, just by providing the listeners with a a brief summary of your career to date and uh, how you transitioned into the world of change and transformation in the first place. Certainly. um, Well, thank you, Tony, for the opportunity. Um, I, I've been in the financial services, primarily financial services industry for about 30 years. Uh, I did an MBA at Cranfield and moved into uh, one of the IT organizations in Deutsche Bank and then after an HSBC. Uh, beginning as a COO business manager, um, who also had responsibility for some internal change projects and then that evolved into more major transformation programs at hsbc involving uh implementation design implementation of target operating models and the achievement of uh, various strategic goals uh since leaving hsbc in 2017 i've uh, worked as a independent consultant uh with a mixture of organizations uh, i uh, i work with a small software company helping them to transform themselves from really as a lifestyle business to an organization that was not only growing significantly in terms of revenue but was also being run more professionally and therefore would be more attractive to external investment mm-hmm. uh, and and also i've done some public sector programs and and also most recently i've uh, helped put in place a remediation program for a uh, large-ish insurance company um who had uh who had uh a need to improve their it service uh services that were being provided by a third party uh managed service provider in india right okay I'm sure we'll, we'll cover some of the uh, challenges and issues that have arisen out of some of those programs during, during today's discussion. Um, but before we get into, into the detail, um, 
the first question that we always ask, uh, because there's so many um, variations of the theme, really. But uh, how do you define transformation? Uh, well, I think I remember. Uh, I remember one of the first things um, I uh, at Cranfield was the distinction between so sort of incremental change and transformational change. And I guess, therefore, transformational change is really is obviously large by definition. It fundamentally involves a change in how an organization operates yeah, and also the culture that supports that organization. Uh, and generally, transformational change, I think, in response or in anticipation to a major change in that organization's environment or its technology. Uh, so it's it's looking to change the way or respond to how customers interact with them and also how their employees uh, operate and interact with those customers. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And um, one of the things that you, you, you bring out in, in, in a lot of your, your sort of uh, profiles, online profiles, is that you... Have a, have a focus on driving change that delivers cost savings and efficiencies that you know and, and uh, I think uh, one of your profiles it mentions that you've averaged a uh, um, 50 million dollars cost reductions in IT spend throughout your career can, can you tell me more about that because I think that's quite an interesting uh, area of area of focus yeah I, I think well generally within financial services certainly since about 2000 onwards cost reduction has always been an ongoing theme within within the banks and particularly within the IT organizations within those banks as part of that you know a cost reduction exercise has to be supported by a clear program um, to achieve that but ultimately it needs to be part of you know as i said a wider transformational program so it's not just about cost reduction but that often is maybe the one of the key areas of focus based on uh, a new operator model uh, in hsbc in 2010 we kicked off a transformation program across their it and operations organization was putting in place a new operator model that moved from a very regional so five regions to a set a global organization providing global services to global businesses now that organization uh that part of hsbc had nine thousand people in it and it had um a two and a half billion dollar spend uh, so at one extreme you have something like that where we were looking to reduce that spend by around 10, 15% over three years. So you're talking you know, hundreds of millions of dollars at that point. And, and at the other end of the scale, you might just have a cost reduction program focusing on some of the other underlying cost drivers within, within the organization. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've, I've done, throughout my career, I've done a number of um, transformations that have been focused upon taking cost out of a out of a process or out of a structure uh, and when we looked at where the opportunities lay a lot of it was around 
simplification is probably the easiest way of describing it. It was about taking out um, inefficient processes or processes that had been built on top of um, uh, processes or technologies that had been built on top of technologies and just going back, almost stepping back and going down to a much more simpler um, process or a simpler uh, platform. Is, is that what, what you've experienced within the banking world as well? Yes, there's sort of been a number of different areas that are sort of the the um, the go-to areas when cost reductions looked at. You know, there's the we did a couple of exercises in HSBC around management structure, and that was based on the premise of um, having a sort of eight by ten organization where you would most you know each manager would have an average of 10 reports and there would be no more than eight layers of management from the ceo downwards um you'd have like you say um in large organizations particularly and particularly organizations maybe which have been uh, are a, a result of a number of uh have been have grown through a number of acquisitions you may have a lot of duplicate processes yeah. um, being provided from a number of different locations. So again, that's removing the duplication in terms of multiple processes, getting a consistency, uh, and like you say, simplifying those processes and providing those processes maybe from a, a single location, um, but at least providing them based on you know, a consistent service offering. So you're removing out the inefficiencies there. And then you've got, you, know, you say, technologies. And a lot of technologies, a lot of legacy technology still existing within an organization, looking again to um, introduce uh, a standardization for those technologies and removing uh, a lot of the, again, multiple versions of different bits of software. Uh, and obviously, mo more recently, or say more recently, over the last five, six years, the move to things like cloud computing so removing cost in terms of on-premise uh data centers uh on on-premise um hardware and moving that into the cloud which obviously yes. gives you flexibility as well in terms of um your technology your usage of that technology uh and also takes away a lot of the fixed costs from you as an organization just looking back on on those uh, programs that you've been responsible for and leading, um, what are, what are the essential elements? Do you think a program needs to have to be successful? Um, well, actually, I last week I did a poll on LinkedIn because ahead of this podcast, I I, I guess I just wanted to see what other people thought in terms of what makes um, a successful transformation program and. Uh, the majority of people, I think that 43% of people said, well, actually the question was what may, what often was the, the cause of an unsuccessful right. transformation program? And 43% of people said the lack of executive buy-in. And I think that is true, clear executive buy-in and accountability. Um, obviously it has to have other stakeholder buy-in and particularly employees. So you know, from an executive point of view, you need to be clear of why the transformation is being undertaken. You know, how does it fit into the vision for that, for your organization or your part of the organization? And that has to be clearly communicated to people so they can see the traceability back from the 
transformation initiatives that have been uh, been started to what that um, overall strategy and vision is. When we kicked off this transformation program at HSBC in 2010, we started off being very clear about what the vision was. And to achieve that vision, there needed to be a set of strategic goals that needed to be achieved. And then aligned to those strategic goals were a number of initiatives to deliver that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they needed that traceability. So everything had to trace back. And so it was clear to anyone, well, why are we undertaking this initiative? It's very clear how it contributes to the one or more of those strategic goals. And therefore, achieving it helps to achieve the vision. Um, and you have to lay that out. And, and an executive management, senior management need to be very clear about that because the people doing the implementation, doing you know, they're supporting those initiatives, you know, need to understand why it's important and being able to present that clearly is, is very important. And you know, as I said, you, you need to, you know, you need to have accountability. So you know, what we did was we aligned to each of the goals, we, we aligned a sponsor. Right. From the, ma- the 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 management team, from the the executive committee, to each of those goals, you need to have dedicated resources and uh, a commitment of resources and budget to successful transformation. Um, and the people who own those resources also have a responsibility to make sure that the day-to-day operations are run successfully. You have to get that balance right because you know you want to make sure you have ultimately responsibility to make sure that your day-to-day operations are running uh, effectively. But equally, you're trying to change and transform, and that that takes away resource, particularly some of your better resources and yeah. better people away from the day-to-day operations. So there's naturally a resistance to that. So the people who own those resources, either senior managers or the various functions, you need to make sure that they're signed up to that transformation. And, you know, the way the way we did it was to put each of them uh, as a sponsor against, you know, one of our strategic goals. And then how they measured their performance wasn't just against day-to-day operations, yeah. but it was also against how their strategic goal was delivered i think that's the key isn't it and and all too often um those kpis or performance you know the the performance targets that have been set don't get adapted to reflect the 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 change that's been being driven in so you you you, you've immediately got this conflict um at, at, at sometimes at senior level whereby they're being measured on old style KPIs while still being driven to deliver a transformation and, and the two uh, the two are not aligned. But just want to pick you up um, and again just on 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 your experience with 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 the program that we've just been talking about within HSBC. When when you've when you had the big program and you've got the strategic alignment and then you broke broke it down into its component parts and you you brought the one of the senior team in as a sponsor of individual elements. Um, what did you do and how, how, how did you go about ensuring that they were still aligned to that end vision? Well, my, my, my role was overall, I was 
transformation director, uh, I had a, a small group of project managers who, so essentially each of those goals was like a program with a number of projects below it. So I had a small team of project managers who would be assigned to one or more of those goals to oversee oversee them as sort of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, there were uh, resources, I said, and some of those would be project resources provided from within the functions to help support some of the in- individual projects. So we had a central sort of governance and oversight. So we ran it as a ran it as a program. It's kind of a collective thing to make sure that you know collectively there was accountability, but equally because we'd started with a a vision and a set of strategic goals that the whole the executive team had agreed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the achievement of those goals was you know a collective responsibility. So um, it's really it's getting making sure it's pro is visibility around the progress. There's uh, and all the time, you know, like with any transformation, with anything where you're doing something that is in some ways uh, discretionary, so it's not necessary, it's not day-to-day operations as such, you'd always ask the question, are we doing something? If we're doing something, is that aligned to our overall strategy and vision? Yeah. And it's kept bringing it back to that. Yeah. And if someone had gone off and maybe for very good reasons, gone off and started an initiative because they felt that, you know, this is, something that needed to be done then if that wasn't the view of the 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 overall uh, executive team then you'd, you know that obviously would have to be raised raised because that was using resources that could be better yeah better um better use elsewhere so it's always having again that accountability that traceability and that collective responsibility no, I agree. One of the most successful programs I ever got involved in was um, within a bank, interestingly enough. Um, and at 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning, we knew where all the executive team were because they were, they were in a program board. And yeah. this was a massive transformation program with uh, multiple individual programs, break, effectively breaking the bank in its comp- into its component parts and rebuilding it. Uh, and, and every Thursday morning from, from 10 till 2, um, all the executive team would just have presentation after presentation, updates after updates, and making sure that all of all of the different elements were on track. And absolutely, right up front was, this is the vision. This is what we're trying to achieve. And, the, and, 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 and every question that was asked was around, are we, are we moving further, uh, further away or closer to? that end vision um, yeah. and, and it was it was so so streamlined and, and you know vastly uh, a vast overall program but so streamlined in, in, in its governance and its approach and you knew where you stood as as a program manager within one of the one of the activities you knew exactly where you stood because you knew when you got the approval you had the approval of the whole executive team and you could move on uh, and there's no politics that tends to get involved in um, in in some programs that, that I've been in, been involved with subsequently. So we, we you know we talked about um, the essential elements. One being alignment of strategy and and, and executive buy-in. What are your other must-haves? You've got to have some dedicated resourcing and commitment of time and bandwidth to make it succeed. And you know whether that's in a commitment from, as I said, the the senior management, the executives around 
their time. And, and ultimately, for it to be successful, it's got to be it's got to be sustainable. Mm. So again, you can go through all of these transformations, but if at the end of it, it's not sustainable, then you're just going to revert back to some of the yeah. processes. And you know, people people do you know people you know, most people do do adapt, but there's also a you know, a tendency for people to revert back to what they did before. So you, you, you've, it needs to be sustainable. And that's really where, when we talk about transformation, you talk about it's got to have a, you know, it, 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 there's got to be an underlying change in your operator model, your way of working, but also, and also a change in your culture, Yeah, how people do things, how people interact, you know. So there's a lot of emphasis uh, on on agile transformation you know which is a change in the mindset the way people collaborate the way people interact um and then on you know digital transformation you know where within your organization digital transformation impacts the way yet uh, the employees within your organization work you know the tools the technologies they have to undertake their 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 roles so it has to be sustainable from that point of view to make, you know, to really shift how people think and how people operate. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You, you touched on something earlier around sort of the uh, multi-year transformation programs. And, um, yeah, when, when, as you say, when you are doing a, a large transformation, they will naturally be multi-year. Um, and you absolutely buy into the, the concept of breaking them down into the component parts and make and getting sort of settings on the way to build that momentum. Change is an ever present and, and people can become tired of it and 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 you know because it's it is just constant. And um, so what you know what what type of things do you do to to build that momentum and keep people engaged? Any change, any transformation program has the very strong communications strategy around it. So you need to be very clear at the start why the transformation is taking place. How does it say so how does it align to the overall vision and strategy for the organization? You have to be very clear what it means to the functions within the organization. You have to be very then very clear what it means to the individuals within the organization, because ultimately that's what people are interested in. How does it affect me? You know, Absolutely, yeah. is this good for me? Is this bad for me? Tell me now. Um, and then and that's the yeah, number one question, isn't it? It's always it's the number one question. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what people want to know. So, and then you have to. So, having gone through that, um, people will then show an interest in supporting the change. They want to know where they can be, get involved, how how they can support it. And I think you need to have that continual communication all the way through. And again, it comes from the senior executives downwards. And obviously, as you uh, and as part of the ongoing program, you need to provide regular updates in terms of how it's progressing. And that includes, like you say, highlighting the wins and highlighting some of the people who have contributed to those wins so you celebrate success yeah and again it depends on how big the organization is you know so we talk about and i spoke about a three-year transformation program well obviously you know, for a, an organization a may a large international bank you know three years it seems a long time but actually that's you know the sort of scale that you're changing 
that's not unreasonable. If you're in a, a smaller organization, an SME, then you don't want to, you probably don't want to have a, a change program going on for more than about 12 months because, yeah, people do need to, you need to be continually evolving. And like you said, um, a small organization, people will get dangerous. They will start to get tired of, of yeah. you know, of the, of the ongoing change. So it's really very much about, you know, communication, getting people bought into it, getting people supporting it, getting people uh, wanting to contribute to the success and keeping people informed all the time, keeping people informed about how things are progressing. We're talking about this on an earlier podcast around just being honest in that communication. Because, uh, yeah, as, as we just said, the num- number one question is, what does it mean for me? Um, whether whether they overtly come out and ask that question, they're certainly thinking it. Yeah. Um, and 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 the the key is just to be honest. And, and if, if you know, tell them. And and if you don't know, tell them that you don't know. But this is what you're doing to 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 work out what 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 the uh, what what the answer will be. And um, and people will accept that. They 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 don't accept a, a void. Um, when when you're trying because they'll think you're holding stuff back from them and then, then they'll naturally start to make make their own stories up and it'll probably be worse than reality um so you know to, just to keep keep being honest and open with people is is a, is a is a key theme i think yeah like you said to be be open and honest tell people what you can tell them if you can't for either because you don't know or because you can't because yeah. You know, quite often the change in, in involves consultation with outside bodies. If you're in a, in a bank in particular, then, you know, tell them what you can tell them at the moment. Tell them what you'll be able to tell them yeah. when in the future. Absolutely. And, and don't, and, and be, and this is where we sort of get into the, the whole aspect of emotional intelligence now. Be, be understanding of people's feelings and how this is going to impact them. You know, I, had a, I remember years ago, um, and by that I mean sort of around 2001, there was a, uh, a major cost-cutting exercise uh, within uh, IT at the time. And I remember going to a town hall, which was really where the first communication was about the changes, the fact that, you know, 10% or something of, the uh, the workforce was having to be uh, cut back, so you know, this was the moment when the CIO had a chance to present what what was going to happen and what could be told at, at the time, um, but also in a, in a way that was sympathetic to to the audience, who you know by definition one in ten of them wasn't it was going to have a very negative impact on them. And just to say it wasn't the most impressive speech given, I think, you know, apart from finding out that there was going to be 10% reduction in roles, we also seemed to find out that um, one of the primary motives was to ensure that CIO's bonus was as high as possible. Right. <laughs> that seemed to be his his particular, um, that seemed to be his particular incentive for making sure it was a success was his individual bonus now that's the way it was portrayed and people walked out of the the room thinking well he's all right but you know nor you know but we're not yeah 
Yeah, it is. It's, it, it is all about positioning, and 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 the safest way, in in my in my experience, is to, as as you said right at the start, just keep coming back to that vision. Why we're we doing what we're doing? How does that align to the overall corporate vision and, and strategy? And and then keep coming back to that all the way through in, in all your communication because. People, it, it will have an impact on people positively and negatively, but it, at least if they can understand the reasons why things are happening, they get the context and they can, you know, they might not like it, but they can accept it. So, with that, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we occasionally get questions. Are you happy if I collate them? Will you be happy to, uh, to respond? Yes, yes, definitely. Brilliant. Well, thanks a lot, Jonathan. All right, thank you very much, Tony. Thank you for the opportunity. Once again, Jonathan, thank you very much for your time. If you haven't checked it out already and you operate in change and transformation, why not? The whole focus of TLH is to help its members to stand out, to provide a platform on which to build their reputation, expand their network and ultimately to attract new career opportunities to them. We have a core objective to be instrumental in delivering $100 million worth of opportunity into the membership within the next 10 years. We have recently launched the TLH Mentoring Programme, so if you think you'd benefit from working alongside an experienced transformation leader, please do get in touch. Also, please do subscribe to the podcast and leave us your feedback. I will always respond to you, and I know my guests would be delighted to explore things further with you. See you in a couple of weeks.